Hello and a very warm welcome to the Big Bright Podcast. My name's Emma and in our podcast mini-series, we're celebrating International Women's Day by interviewing women who are pushing the boundaries and making a difference in their industry. Angela Nyman is Bright's powerhouse CMO, whose management career has spanned industries including poker, gaming and tech, all of which are notoriously male-dominated. We've invited Angela onto the podcast to discover just how it feels to be the only woman in the boardroom, how to get your voice heard through the noise of a large corporation and her top tips for successful leadership. So welcome Angela. Hey Emma, thank you very much. Yeah, it's lovely to have you here in our virtual recording studio. Something I should maybe have mentioned in the intro is that you've recently come back from your maternity leave. So not only are you juggling work, but you're also looking after your little one Maxie. So how's that going? Yeah, it's good, thanks. I went on maternity leave in the summer of 2019, just went for over a year. And I know it's a massive cliche, but time has really flown past. The first few months were a bit of a whirlwind, uh, if I'm honest, but a year and a half later, I have a slightly better grip on what's going on. And now you're back. And did you come back like in between those times? Did you use your kit days or uh, how did you find that? Yeah, so I think one thing that really helped me get back into work was the fact that after about four months of not being at work at all being pure maternity leave I used my keep in touch days so you get me on maternity leave so you get 10 of them and I used them to do monthly check-ins with a team and I did also have a monthly clear out of my email <laughs> inbox so that when I did come back to work in September after a year of maternity leave I was already aware of most of the conversations that were going on in the company so it wasn't as daunting as some of the stories that I've heard from other women four or five hundred emails and you know you don't even know where to start having those keep in touch days for me has been very very useful so two positive things that are actually results from the current COVID situation and the lockdowns that really helped me were obviously, first of all, being able to work from home. I live in the country, about a 40 minutes drive from Brighton. So saving that time commuting each day has been absolutely amazing. And I've definitely been more productive as a result. So that was a really big thing for me. The other thing was, as we went 100% remote, all of our major conversations at work are now happening in Slack which we, like many people, use as our internal communications tool. So even when I wasn't working, when I had a bit of time, I was able to just browse ongoing conversations in a different channels, um, looking at what feedback people had and decisions they were made without having to actually bug people for links or reports or going through tons of emails. Those things really helped me, again, just getting back into work quicker. I felt like I could also be more helpful to my team and the company because they already had all the background information. If we hadn't used Slack for literally all of our conversations, except obviously for Zoom or, or Google Meet, then I really think that it would have been taking me longer to get back into the workspace. Yeah, because some people find, I think, that they just don't want to see anything. But I think personally, I would feel the same as you, that I would quite like to be able to delve in mm. and just keep in touch a little bit, because otherwise it's a year's a long time, isn't it? To feel like you're, you know, you don't know what's going on in your job and it's easier to get back in with Slack. But yes, yeah, it's, it's interesting to sort of think about, like, when you came back, everything had changed and no one was in the office. I know it was definitely a big change happening obviously when I was on maternity leave. We just redecorated the office and we finished in January. Absolutely beautiful. Then obviously everyone had to go remote in, in March. So I think obviously it's a shame but I do feel like it has been useful and people have really made an effort to be more creative, be more, you know, collaborate more as well because we know, you know, we don't have the time to be together like we used to. 
Mm, and we're all so much better at video calls, aren't we? Definitely, definitely. <laughs> I think everyone's tech experience is definitely ramped up massively. So when I delved a bit deeper into your career path, I was really interested to see the span of industries that you've worked within. Everything from e-commerce and tech to gaming. So this is really the beauty of marketing. Your skills can transfer to any sector. Yeah, definitely. I've been in marketing now for, uh, gosh, about 17 years or so, and I've done tons of different things. So I've worked worked agency side as well as brand side so both b2c b2b in a variety of countries and industries so i consider myself very lucky in that aspect as it's definitely helped me grow both as a person but also become a more well-rounded marketer i would say if i'm honest earlier on in my career i didn't actually actively choose the companies i worked for or the industry i remember applying for a few different roles after i graduated from my university in italy and i decided that london would be the best place for me to go to get a job so i moved to london back in early 2000 that was very easy to do you could just you know, apply for a, a job anywhere so not so much now <laughs> no honestly, slightly, unfortunately. I had already lived in London during my second year of university as we had a campus there. But at the time of graduation, I lived in Tuscany. So when I moved to London, my first job was to be a marketing manager for a couple of famous nightclubs in London before I moved to what was at the time a top 50 advertising agency in Farrington, as I felt I needed some of that branding and advertising experience to kind of further my education and to further what I was doing. And from there on, I actually got headhunted by a gaming company to move to Gibraltar in 2006. The gaming industry was booming at the time and almost every single gaming company in Europe was looking for a bilingual territory manager to grow their product in the different countries. So I stayed in Gibraltar in poker for a couple of years before I decided to take a career break and travel the world. And after that, I moved back to London yet again. And once that I got persuaded to return to the gaming industry to run their live tournaments as the marketing events and partnership manager. And I think it was at that time that I probably became aware of the fact that I was sometimes seen as a woman in situations such as negotiating with partners or building new relationships with prospective clients or leading meetings, especially with, you know, more senior 99% of the time, you know, male managers or leaders. So do you have any examples of people treating you, like you said, as a woman instead of just a person that was pretty capable of their job? Is there an instance you can share with us about that? There are quite a few of them. I remember once being asked at a negotiation meetings in Italy when when my boss was going to arrive uh, and if we should wait until then and it was only me on that trip so that would have been a very long wait that's outrageous <laughs> yeah I know I think culture aspects played into this a lot as well I definitely feel like I had to prove myself a lot more than if I had been a man but once the relationship was established I was always well respected but getting there wasn't always an easy journey it was educational and I learned a lot about national cultural differences and how it affects leadership and what it's like being a woman in a very male-dominated work environment so many of the industries that you've worked in like you said had a male-dominated workforce and I'm assuming that's especially especially in senior roles and on the board. So in terms of like challenges developing that, did you have any challenges working in those environments as a woman, do you think? Yeah, definitely. I think especially at the earlier stage of my career, I would say that I looked very young for my age. I was very enthusiastic and positive and I'm also Swedish with an accent. And it would happen a lot that when I would meet new people or entering a meeting, they would assume that I was the work experience or the assistant. And by that stage, I already had seven, eight years of experience minimum of working after graduating. So I, I guess I just kind of got used to it. I do think, though, that if that was now and not 
you know, back in the mid to late 2000s, that just would not have been acceptable in the same way. You know, we've definitely moved forwards. Another example, it's still very just fresh in my mind, is I rejoined one of my companies at a, at a different location back in 2009. One of the C-level execs, let's call him Steve, on my first day back at work, he walked past me and he said very happily, oh, Angela, it's so great to have you back to decorate the office. Um, oh, no. And, and, at the time, I ran what became the second largest poker tour in the world with 25 events globally during my time there. I increased their profits with 500% over the time. It was completely unacceptable to you know, say something like that. But at the time, I think I was just too shocked to actually say anything. I remember thinking that I was so much more than that. You know, I, I probably should have said something, but I just started in the office. And I guess I didn't want to make a big deal out of it. You know, it was and still is a very male-dominated industry. And I think that's something that a lot of women can relate to. I think there's like there's a crazy statistic of how many people have had casual sexism comments and things like that. But I'd be really interested to know that if you if you could go back in time now and talk to the younger Angela and sort of say to her you know how how you should deal with that situation like what would you advise now after after having the years of experience that you've had I have wondered about that and you know what I would have done or could have done differently you know I think the main thing was that no one wants to start work and on the same day head down to HR to complain about someone (laughs) and at the same time there are certain behaviors if they affect someone negatively you know you have to speak to that person so I think that's what I would advise my younger self or anyone in that position is what I you know should have done is just to speak to Steve and let him know how his comment could come across as inappropriate and to tell him that I hoped he also realized that I was in fact hired for a certain set those skills rather than you know just my appearance and I know he didn't mean anything bad with it in fact he was really happy to see me but you know clearly this is a a really inappropriate response and I wonder whether if Steve is still working in the same role now whether (laughs) whether he is still saying the same things or hopefully Steve understands a bit more about gender equality in the workplace (laughs) yeah it's fascinating and I think we've all got times that we would like to go back on and say things but in the, in the moment you're so shocked and sometimes you are young and inexperienced and I'd, I'd love for you to go back and talk to Steve now. <laughs> Definitely once I moved into tech I'd say there were different challenges perhaps because I was older and more experienced you know I didn't find the challenges of, of what I had when I was younger the same they're definitely different but there were definitely challenges of, of becoming older in the workplace as well as, as you know being a woman what sort of challenges do you mean in terms of that age and gender well I think obviously first of all like with everyone you know when you get when you become more senior you're under you know you're under a lot more pressure to achieve results that all makes sense and that you know that's absolutely fine you know what tends to happen though is you know as you become older as a woman there's always the question on am I going to have children and I remember being you know asked in an interview uh, a few years ago if I had or was planning on having children illegal yeah (laughs) (laughs) I think this form of questioning is can be very detrimental to women you know and I think it's really unfair you know a working mother is constantly juggling responsibilities and tasks and I've never worked with a mother who has you know performed worse because she also has children you know in fact find it the opposite I feel that every working mother is very conscious about the fact that they may be more scrutinized and they tend to be very focused on proving that they can still do their job to a high standard. Every working mother I know has that fear of 
being seen to not be pulling their weight when in fact they're probably doing twice as much in a day than everyone else definitely you know I can feel it you know now as well and I, you know, I think you know our company's really good with this but there's still unfortunately a discrepancy between you know men and women you know we have to make a choice about putting our career on hold to have a baby you know which, which is fantastic that we have that choice but you know I can also see how it can be really hard to be back exactly to where you started it's not easy that change yeah absolutely the added pressure of juggling work and home life definitely we see that a lot you know especially now as well but I think you know in general you know if your child is sick um you know you have to manage looking after them there's always work deadlines especially if you're you know senior and you have teams that depend on you as well yeah I think it's really important for managers to show empathy towards um, working parents and you know I'm very lucky but my current company is really good at that no absolutely and I think it's something that I'm about to deal with as well it's something that's on my mind and I think we spoke before when we chatted but it's something that also you don't really think about until it happens to you and then it suddenly becomes this massive thing that you have to think about and actually I wonder whether a lot of men have to think about that as well and I I think the balance is is happening like my partner is going to take shared parental leave which will help but I think there's still a massive stigma against that and it's, it's interesting how companies do react to people wanting to do things differently or take their full maternity leave but what would your advice be for a woman who is wishing to forge a management career within a male-dominated industry so I think first of all we should never feel that our input isn't valid um, there is so much research these days on the importance of businesses needing a diverse leadership team and how having female leaders increased productivity it enhances collaboration and companies with a diverse leadership team are more likely to be innovative and hit or exceed their targets. So in my opinion, only good things can come from having you know, more female leaders in the world and a diverse team with different cultures, you know, as well as having female leaders in there. One thing that I always try and do is, you know, be really prepared, especially when going into meetings or wanting to propose a new idea. Always do your research. You know, you can never be overprepared. Be curious and learn from others. I think that it's, you know, becoming increasingly important to always, you know, think what else, you know, what can I learn? What else can I learn? What can I do? Having a mentor and a really good network of women, if you're able to. I've been lucky enough to have a couple of great female coaches and it's been really useful, both personally and professionally, to be honest. I've worked with some great women who I admire and that I still call friends to this day. It is lovely having a great network of female peers and I think just be true to yourself trust your gut you know whether you're a woman man or non-binary you don't and should not need to be anyone or anything else if you're constantly questioning your thoughts and your role then you know you are perhaps not in the right workplace environment and you should maybe think about if that job is right for you if if it's actually making you happy at the end of the day gender should be obsolete and hopefully we'll get to the point where it's about being the best version of yourself we should all have the chance to contribute our skills and expertise to the world and to be somewhere we feel that it can make a difference and where people appreciate you that's incredibly eloquently put I agree completely (laughs) and I, I think that's just all just really positive points as well in terms of yes we might 
be treated slightly different in certain industries, but there's always a positive spin and there's always a way to learn from that and and kind of be at the forefront of trying to make sure that we're just doing the best we can, no matter who we are, what role we're in. So talking about roles and you've obviously touched upon encouraging your team. So you currently manage the Bright Marketing team and I know that you're really passionate about empowering your colleagues and also championing their self-development. So can you share some of your tips for success leadership of a team? Yeah, so I think it's only been the last, I would say, eight years or so that I've really gotten into trying to understand more about what good leadership really means and the impact that it has on your team or on a business. And the same as if you have a bad leader, what the impact is then. So I think what I try to do is manage my team from below right? So it's like an inverted pyramid. I'm at the bottom and my team's at the top. I will ask them questions like, okay, if you want to do this, A, are we going to lose any customers? Is this going to be detrimental to our business or to our brand or anyone else in the team? If the answer is no, then they usually have the freedom to go ahead and do what they want to do as long as they can show that they've thought it through and it solves a problem that we're having. If I have any concerns or any further questions, I will usually try and explore what problem they're actually trying to solve and then go through with them if there are any other solutions they may not have thought of. But at the end of the day, it's not about me in this leadership style. It focuses on the team and the autonomy that I give them. And I think that is really, really important. I think creating a safe environment where people can work to the natural best, you're always going to get better results from them. You know, you need to trust the people you have hired to do the job. You know, micromanaging will just, you know, remove all your creativity and your desire to work, basically. And that's something that we've talked a lot about on the Bright Podcast is this element of trust and trusting the workforce, which has become even more important now we're all remote, hasn't it? Definitely, definitely. I think that's really important. It's something that I remember we used to talk about when I was championing remote work years and years ago, you know, a lot of people would say, well, how do I know this person's going to do the job if they're not sitting next to me? Like, I can't control them. I can't see what they're doing. And, you know, my response has always been, but, you know, you hired them. You have to trust that they, you know, they, they're going to do a good job. And also as a leader, you need to inspire them and motivate them and lead them so that they want to do a good job. I think that, you know, that's really important. One thing that I'm noticing a lot in the last few years as well is that as a leader, you have to make sense. You know, people will not trust you as a leader if you you make a lot of changes and decisions that don't make sense or, you know, they aren't based on data or, you know, it doesn't solve an actual need. And I think that's really, you know, important to understand as well. And I think especially when working remotely, because you, you know, you, the changes that you make might be just feel a bit more severe because, you know, you're not part of the conversation as much. You're not just in the office just hearing these conversations come up. They just tend to happen sometimes. So I think, you know, involving your team makes sense. Don't be afraid to roll up your sleeves do the job I've done every single job within marketing you know to get to where I am you know I do give my team a lot of autonomy but I do also expect them to to want to do a really good job you know we should all be proud of the you know work that we do I think it's also really important to not make it about yourself so as a leader you know we take the blame when things go bad and we praise the team when things go well I heard a really good saying once which was you know it's very easy to be a good leader or manager when you have a good team and that's true right because they make you look good I think that's really important and I think the last thing I would say is just praise, inspire and lead. 
right? There are so few leaders who manage to inspire people, you know, by doing all of the above and probably tons more of things as well. But you should be able to create environments within your team where people feel inspired by you to do their best and to, you know, achieve the great things that they can do. You know, another old saying is a happy workforce is a, is a productive workforce. And of course, you know, if we're all sitting here feeling miserable and hating our colleagues, like it's it's just not going to be a positive space, is it? So I love that idea of, you know, just praise, inspire and lead and, and never forget to say thank you. Mm. Because especially when you're remote, it's easy for things to go under the, the surface. And actually, I know that you did that this week with a colleague in your marketing team, where you did actually kind of say, you know, just thanks for doing a great job. And I saw that that really picked her up so I see firsthand oh. <laughs> you doing this so yeah it's, it's great and you're you're walking the walk and as well as talking the talk it's such an easy thing to do just to say thank you or you know I noticed you're doing a really good job but again I think it's something that is also so easy to forget absolutely and I think that's um sometimes just a really simple thank you can completely flip a mood or change a conversation and yeah it's something that I think every leader or manager should always keep in their head definitely and vice versa I think that a team should praise their manager because otherwise it's a really thankless job (laughs) (laughs) indeed so we're almost at the end of our podcast and I know we've covered a lot of great stuff but I'd just really like to know kind of personally what you enjoy about working in marketing because you've obviously had a really great career so far so do you think this is I don't want to say this is it but can you ever see yourself changing roles? So you know to answer your you know first question what do I enjoy most about working in marketing I think it's always been the variety the pace and the constant changes you constantly have to keep up to date with the you know what's going on you know externally in your industry in your area of expertise in your team with your product you know as, as a born learner which is you know that that really appeals to me I love learning I also like the fact that it encompasses such a range of skills as well as activities and different mindsets you know in one day I might be creatively brainstorming about how we can further our brand to going into processing data on our customers or competitors, as well as reviewing campaigns that we're doing or, you know, helping to write a blog or planning an event. You know, there's so much stuff going on all the time. I think, you know, with regards to changing my role, you know, I don't have any thoughts on that right now. But as I got further into my career and I was managing larger teams, I got very interested in leadership and how to successfully grow teams. I've had some bad leaders and managers, as we all have, but I've also been lucky enough to have a few good ones. I see it as a responsibility rather than a role and growing people and keeping them on track in their career, happy and productive can be really challenging, but it's so, so rewarding. So I think if I were, you know, ever changing, you know, roles, which I'm not planning on doing right now, I think because I've had a few good coaches, I love reading books about coaching and leadership and how to further people. I'm doing a course right now, actually. I've done tons of different leadership and management courses as well throughout my career. But, you know, I don't see myself steering too far away from marketing. But if I ever did move away from it, it would be moving into something like more of a coaching or pure leadership role. I'd say yeah and I think it kind of really feels like that's a natural thing like that could happen but at the moment you're able to use use your interest and your experience in that in your current role which is amazing definitely so definitely 
So, Andrea, it's been fantastic to have you on. Thank you so much for sharing so much wisdom with us. And also, yeah, being really honest about the challenges that you've encountered, because I think it's fascinating. And if anyone would like to get in touch with Angela, you can find her um, on LinkedIn. It's Angela Nyman. That's correct. Yeah. And obviously, check out our podcast for plenty more episodes in our mini series about International Women's Day. Thank you, Angela. Thanks, Emma. It's been an absolute pleasure to be here. And yeah, thank you very much. Thanks for listening to the Big Bright Podcast. Make sure to subscribe to never miss an episode and check out our website at builtbybright.com.